0: This is Alan Weiss. Welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth. I usually start these little song, a little melody, something from Band that's uh, licensed and I can use. But today, I'm telling you, trigger alert, safe haven warning. I'm talking about the objectification of women. So some of you might not like this, but I hope just to make you think. Was it F. Scott Fitzgerald who said the sign of a high intellect is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in your mind at the same time? I think so. In any case, I understand I'm straddling the third rail here, so here goes. I've observed and I've been engulfed by the winds of a storm over J-Lo and her Super Bowl halftime show. On the one hand is the argument that she's a great role model at 50 for young women, commanding a stage and dancing on a pole in a sexy revealing outfit, which is her right, enjoying the sexual titillation of providing crotch shots and other sexy poses. On the other hand, and let's thank God that we don't have three hands but only two, is the argument that she can perform whatever she likes, but the role model is one of a woman trying to appear much younger than she is and saying that at 50 you have to appear to be 30, and she is resorting to salacious sexual titillation to try to entertain people. I don't know where you come down on that, but I think they're two interesting and reasonable arguments. Now, I like JLo. I think she's a great entertainer. I really do. I thought that before the Super Bowl halftime show. <clears throat> but as a model of my granddaughters from that genre, I guess, I would choose Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a musician. She writes her own music. She sings beautifully, and she acts so well she was nominated for an Oscar. J-Lo dances pretty well, she sings well enough, and she looks stunning. But she's not much musically beyond that. She's not a musician, she doesn't write her own music, and she's not the actor that Lady Gaga is. But nonetheless, you pays your money, you take your choice. I have asked former TV anchor women who left because of the cutthroat competition and sexism in the business that they talk about articulately and fluently, if it were true that the backs of dresses were once pinned to pull them tighter across the breasts for the TV cameras, and they validated that and said that was the practice at one time. While it apparently doesn't exist anymore, that practice, watch any network TV news broadcast at any time in the early morning in any major market, and you'll find the female anchor or anchors, plural, The weather reporter, and these probably are not meteorologists for the most part, and the traffic reporter, when female, done up like donuts at five in the morning, six in the morning, seven in the morning. They often show a lot of skin, more so than many women do at a cocktail reception. And over half the time they're on camera, there's a full body shot, always on tottering four-inch heels always with a skirted dress and bare legs, which, by the way, does them no favors. But that's the shot of the day. The anchor or the TV <clears throat> the traffic reporter or the TV weather person, if they're female, they manage a full-body shot at least 50% of the time that their spot is on. And it's deliberately a sexy shot. I think the Ginger Z, who's the superstar weather reporter on Good Morning America, their senior meteorologist might have begun this trend of dress-up in stilettos. And there are Internet sites which show only her legs and her movements. If you take a look at David Muir and the ABC Evening News, which I enjoy, I I sort of like David Muir's breathless delivery, he will occasionally have a guest on for 30 seconds just to report some things, which makes no sense whatsoever. They needn't be there. But when it's a woman, the camera backs up on the other side of the desk, and shows her legs and stilettos every time. Every time. My point is that women too often are parties to their own objectification. It's like criticizing O.J. Simpson or Al Sharpton and having to first confess, I am not a racist, but, right? That's the preliminary, the antecedent. I will tell you that women have often been treated very unfairly, And often too brutally. Weinstein and Lauer and Cosby and Rose and their ilk are pigs. The way a woman dresses never merits abuse. Okay? I understand that. I agree with that. I support that. Though it can certainly merit critique at times. I think women belong in the executive suite at the top ranks of the Pentagon as president of the U.S., as head surgeons, and also as housewives raising kids, if that's what they choose as teachers, as poets, as volunteers. In other words, whatever the hell they want. I think that acting in a sexual manner is a choice. I think that calling that commanding a stage or a platform or, or an environment is an opinion. My daughter didn't need to create a sexy persona to become an independent and very successful showrunner and producer. She works her ass off and she's bright and she knows how to get things done. I don't want my granddaughters to think they have to become sexy in order to succeed in their chosen fields. And I don't want them to think that staying home to choose to raise a family is a poor choice either. Somebody said to my wife once, you've stayed home to raise the children? Didn't you want a career? And my wife said, I have a career. And when you... Call women who don't feel that titillation and sexual appearances are necessary or emblematic of commanding anything, purse-clutchers. Now you're simply being mindless with an ad hominem attack on other women. It's like calling someone a denier, someone a tree-hugger. What do you expect from someone that age? What do you expect from a woman? We put labels on people and forget about them. So just because a woman might object to a sexual persona in some kind of environment or circumstance, calling them a pearl-clutcher or a purse-clutcher is ridiculous. Because that puts the epithet hurler on the third rail. And for today, my friends, that's the uncomfortable truth. Mm -hmm.